Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where we delve into the annals of history to bring you detailed accounts of events that shaped our world. I'm Chuck, and with me is my co-host Marco. How's life treating you, Marco? Life's a historical journey, Chuck. Excited to embark on today's episode. It's not every day we get to explore a turning point in African and Cold War history. Absolutely, Marco. Today's episode focuses on the Battle of Quito-Quinaval, a pivotal conflict in the late 20th century that influenced the course of African politics and the global balance of power during the Cold War. To truly grasp the significance of the Battle of Quito-Quinaval, we must rewind to the 1980s, a decade marked by heightened Cold War tensions. Picture a world bifurcated by ideology, with the United States and the Soviet Union as the principal protagonists in a global chess game. Each sought to extend its sphere of influence, often at the expense of smaller nations caught in the middle. Exactly, Marco. And it's within this global contest that Angola, a nation rich in oil and minerals, emerges as a key battleground. The story begins in 1975, following Angola's hard-won independence from Portugal. Almost immediately, the country descends into civil war, a conflict that would draw in not only regional players but also global superpowers. On one side of Angola civil conflict stood the MPLA, or the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola. With its socialist leanings, the MPLA quickly garnered support from the Soviet Union and Cuba, who saw in Angola a chance to expand socialism's reach in Africa. This wasn't just ideological support, we're talking substantial military aid including troops, training, and equipment. On the flip side, you had UNITA, the National Union for the Total Independence of Angola, which leaned towards the West and its ideology. UNITA found allies in the United States and apartheid-era South Africa. Both saw UNITA as a bulwark against the spread of communism in Southern Africa. It was this geopolitical tangle that set the stage for the Battle of Quito-Quinaval. Amidst this complex backdrop, Angola became more than just a country fighting for its own identity. It became a microcosm of the Cold War, a place where the ideological battles between East and West were fought with real tanks, real guns, and real lives. The stage was set not just for a battle, but for a confrontation that would draw in neighboring countries and impact the entire region. And let's not forget the broader context here. Africa, during this period, was a continent in flux. Nations were emerging from the shadows of colonial rule, each seeking its path forward. In Southern Africa, the struggle against apartheid in South Africa added another layer of complexity to the situation. Angola's battlefields were not just about Angola, they were about the future of the region and in many ways, the future direction of the Cold War itself. That's the scene as we approach the Battle of Quito-Quinaval, a conflict that would prove to be one of the largest conventional battles on African soil since World War II and a turning point that would influence not just the fate of Angola but the global balance of power. To fully understand the battle's precursors, we must delve into the intricacies of Angola's civil war and the broader geopolitical strategies at play. By the mid-1980s, Angola had become a crucible of conflict, reflecting the intense rivalry of the Cold War era. The MPLA, holding power in Luanda, had secured its position with substantial military and logistical support from the Soviet Union and Cuba. This backing wasn't merely symbolic, it involved thousands of Cuban soldiers and a steady flow of Soviet arms and advisors. 
fundamentally altering the conflict's dynamics. Meanwhile, Unita, under the leadership of Jonas Savimbi, carved out significant territories in the Angolan hinterland, supported by a disparate coalition that included the United States, China, and most notably, apartheid South Africa. The South African Defense Force, SADF, had its own reasons for intervening in Angola, primarily to disrupt the supply lines of the African National Congress, ANC, and to curtail the spread of Soviet influence in Southern Africa. This context is crucial because it underscores the multifaceted nature of the conflict, where national, regional, and global interests intersected. The situation reached a boiling point with South Africa's Operation Modular in 1987. The operation was a direct response to the Angolan government and Cuban forces' offensive against UNITA. South Africa, fearing the domino effect of a communist victory in Angola, committed significant military resources to halt the MPLA's advance. This wasn't just a routine intervention, it was a major escalation that included advanced weaponry, thousands of troops, and the SADF's considerable military expertise. It's essential to note that Operation Modular was part of a larger South African strategy called the Total Strategy, aimed at preserving apartheid and countering perceived threats to its survival. The Angolan theater became a frontline in this broader struggle. The operation's immediate goal was to prevent the MPLA and Cuban forces from capturing Mavinga, a strategic town that served as a gateway to UNITA's headquarters in Jamba. The fall of Mavinga would have left UNITA vulnerable to a decisive blow, potentially altering the region's balance of power. The build-up to the Battle of Quito Quinaval saw an intense series of maneuvers, with both sides aware of the stakes. The MPLA and its allies aimed to deliver a crushing defeat to UNITA and expel South African forces from Angola, thereby securing the MPLA's dominance and potentially shifting Southern Africa's geopolitical landscape. For South Africa and UNITA, the battle was about survival and preventing the spread of communism, which they believed would have dire consequences for the region. This backdrop sets the stage for what would become the Battle of Quito Quinaval, a confrontation that drew in forces from across the globe and had implications far beyond Angola's borders. As both sides dug in, the stage was set for a conflict that would be closely watched by the world and would test the resolve, strategy, and endurance of all involved. As we delve into the details of the Battle of Quito Quinaval, it's crucial to understand the strategic layout and the series of engagements that defined this conflict. The battle can't be viewed as a single event but rather as a series of operations spanning several months, from late 1987 into early 1988. The town of Quito Quinaval itself, situated by the Lomba River, became the epicenter of what would evolve into a protracted and grueling standoff. The initial phase of the battle was marked by South African and UNITA forces' attempts to halt the advance of the MPLA and Cuban troops towards Mavinga. The SADF, leveraging superior mobility and firepower, including advanced artillery and air support, aimed to inflict significant casualties and disrupt supply lines. However, the MPLA and Cuban forces demonstrated remarkable resilience and tactical adaptability, utilizing the dense Angolan bush to their advantage. One of the critical turning points came with the battles along the Lomba River in September and October 1987. Here, the SADF and UNITA forces managed to repel several MPLA and Cuban assaults, destroying a significant number of tanks and armoured vehicles. These clashes underscored the importance of air superiority and the effective use of anti-tank weapons, which the South Africans exploited to great effect. Following these engagements, 
the focus shifted towards Quito Quinaval itself. The town, initially not of significant strategic value, became a symbol of resistance for the MPLA and Cuban forces. As the SADF and UNITA pivoted to encircle and besiege the town, their opponents fortified their positions, digging trenches, and laying minefields to prepare for a prolonged siege. The siege of Quito Quinaval turned into a war of attrition. From November 1987 through March 1988, both sides engaged in intense artillery duels, with neither able to secure a decisive victory. The SADF's attempts to breach the MPLA and Cuban defenses were met with stiff resistance, and the heavy use of land mines by the defending forces made any advance costly. Amidst the artillery barrages and infantry assaults, the battle also saw significant air combat. Cuban and Angolan MiG-23s clashed with South African Mirage F-1s in the skies over Quinaval, adding another layer of complexity to the conflict. Air superiority was contested, with both sides suffering losses but preventing the other from achieving complete air dominance. The stalemate at Quito Quinaval was ultimately broken not by military might alone but by the realization of the conflict's futility and the broader political dynamics at play. International pressure, coupled with the increasing costs, both human and material, led to negotiations that would pave the way for a ceasefire and the eventual withdrawal of foreign troops from Angola. The Battle of Quito Quinaval, therefore, was not just a confrontation of armies but a clash of ideologies, strategies, and national wills. It showcased the limits of conventional warfare in achieving political objectives and highlighted the importance of diplomacy and negotiation in resolving conflicts. Indeed Chuck. The battle's legacy is complex, with both sides claiming victory. For the MPLA and Cuba, it was a heroic defense that prevented South Africa from achieving its objectives. For the SADF and UNITA, it was a tactical success that protected UNITA and delayed MPLA ambitions. The true outcome, however, was a shift towards peace and reconciliation, setting the stage for the end of regional hostilities and the beginning of a new chapter in Southern African history. Amidst the strategic maneuvers and the artillery barrages, the Battle of Quito Quinaval brought to light stories of extraordinary bravery and sacrifice. These tales of heroism spanned all sides of the conflict, showcasing the human spirit's resilience in the face of overwhelming adversity. One such story is that of Colonel Pedro Valdez, a Cuban commander who led his troops with valor and distinction. Despite the challenges posed by logistics and unfamiliar terrain, Valdez inspired his men through personal courage, often leading from the front. His leadership was instrumental in maintaining morale during the siege, and his tactical acumen helped thwart several South African advances. On the other side, Captain Philip Van Dyke, a pilot in the South African Air Force, emerged as a hero for his daring sorties over enemy positions. Flying under intense anti-aircraft fire, Van Dyke's precision strikes were crucial in disrupting MPLA and Cuban supply lines. His bravery not only earned him the respect of his peers but also significantly impacted the battle's dynamics by denying the enemy critical resources. Another inspiring figure was Sergeant Kifaru Pedro, an Angolan soldier fighting alongside MPLA forces. Despite suffering serious injuries in an early engagement, Pedro refused evacuation and continued to lead his squad against South African armored columns. His actions, underpinned by an unyielding resolve, served as a rallying point for his comrades embodying the Angolan people's determination to defend their homeland. Among the ranks of UNITA, Lieutenant Carlos Morgado's story stands out. 
Morgado's guerrilla warfare tactics, honed over years of conflict, enabled UNITA forces to execute effective hit-and-run attacks against a technologically superior adversary. His deep understanding of the local terrain allowed him to orchestrate ambushes that slowed the MPLA's advance, showcasing the impact of individual ingenuity in asymmetric warfare. But heroism wasn't limited to the battlefield alone. The medical personnel, often overlooked in war narratives, played a pivotal role in saving lives on all sides. Doctors and nurses worked tirelessly under harsh conditions, treating wounds and combating diseases that plagued the combatants. Their dedication to preserving life amidst destruction was a beacon of humanity in the conflict's darkest hours. These stories, and countless others like them, highlight the individual acts of bravery that define the Battle of Quito Quinaval. While the conflict is remembered for its strategic significance and political outcomes, it's these personal tales of courage and resilience that truly capture the battle's essence. Indeed, Chuck. The heroes of Quito Quinaval remind us that behind the abstract discussions of military tactics and geopolitical strategies lie the very real experiences of those who fought. Their legacies endure, not just in the annals of military history, but in the lessons of bravery, leadership, and human spirit they leave behind. As we reflect on these heroic stories, let's remember the sacrifices made and the lives forever changed by the Battle of Quito Quinaval. It's a powerful reminder of the cost of conflict and the enduring strength of the human spirit in the face of adversity. The Battle of Quito Quinaval, while significant for its strategic and political implications, also bore a heavy human cost. The casualties sustained during the months-long conflict were substantial, affecting soldiers and civilians alike. The battle's toll was not just measured in the immediate loss of life but also in the long-term impact on the survivors in the broader region. Official figures regarding casualties have varied widely, reflecting the fog of war and the differing narratives each side sought to promote. However, it's estimated that thousands of lives were lost, including soldiers from Angola, Cuba, South Africa, and members of UNITA. Cuban forces, deeply involved in the conflict, suffered significant losses, with estimates running into the hundreds. The South African Defense Force, while generally more reticent about its casualty figures, also sustained considerable fatalities and injuries. Beyond the battlefield, the conflict took a severe toll on the civilian population. The fighting disrupted normal life, leading to displacement, food shortages, and the destruction of infrastructure. Landmines, laid extensively during the conflict, continued to claim lives and limbs long after the battle ended, adding to the war's legacy of suffering. The psychological impact on those who fought and lived through the battle was profound. Many veterans returned home bearing the invisible scars of war, grappling with trauma and the challenges of reintegration into civilian life. The battle survivors, military and civilian, carried with them memories of loss, resilience, and the harsh realities of conflict. The consequences of the Battle of Quito Quinaval extended beyond the immediate aftermath. Strategically, the battle marked a turning point in the Angolan Civil War and the broader Cold War dynamics in southern Africa. It spurred the beginning of negotiations that would eventually lead to the withdrawal of foreign troops from Angola and the independence of Namibia, a process facilitated by the UN and involving agreements between Cuba, Angola, South Africa, and the United States. Politically, the battle had a lasting impact on the region's balance of power. For the MPLA government and its allies, the ability to withstand South Africa's military might bolstered their legitimacy and strengthened their resolve. For South Africa, 
the conflict underscored the limitations of military intervention and contributed to a reassessment of its regional policies, paving the way for the eventual dismantling of apartheid. The Battle of Quito-Quinaval also highlighted the international community's role in conflict resolution. The diplomatic efforts that followed the battle demonstrated the potential for negotiated settlements, even in seemingly intractable conflicts. It served as a reminder of the importance of dialogue, diplomacy, and international cooperation in addressing the root causes of war. The casualties and consequences of the Battle of Quito-Quinaval reverberate to this day reminding us of the complex interplay between local conflicts and global politics. The battle's legacy is a testament to the human cost of war, the resilience of those who endure it, and the enduring quest for peace and stability in a turbulent world. The Battle of Quito-Quinaval's echoes are felt not only in the annals of military history but also in the profound societal and political transformations it triggered. Its lasting impact can be observed through multiple lenses, regional stability, the end of apartheid, and the shaping of a new international order post-Cold War. At a regional level, the battle significantly altered the trajectory of southern Africa. It forced a stalemate that ultimately led to the withdrawal of Cuban and South African forces from Angola, setting the stage for a broader peace process. This withdrawal was a critical component of the Tripartite Accord, signed in December 1988 which also laid the groundwork for Namibia's independence from South African rule in 1990. This was a monumental step towards decolonization in Africa, ending years of occupation and conflict. The battle's impact on South Africa's domestic politics was equally profound. The engagement at Quito-Quinaval exposed the vulnerabilities of the apartheid regime's military apparatus and its unsustainable regional ambitions. It contributed to a growing realization within the South African government and among the wider international community that change was inevitable. This realization helped accelerate the process leading to the end of apartheid, culminating in Nelson Mandela's release from prison in 1990 and the subsequent democratic elections in 1994. Internationally, the Battle of Quito-Quinaval served as a stark illustration of the Cold War's waning influence on global affairs. The late 1980s were a period of significant change, with the Soviet Union moving towards perestroika and glasnost under Mikhail Gorbachev. The battle, and the diplomacy that followed, underscored the shifting dynamics of international relations, where negotiation and dialogue began to replace proxy wars as the tools of diplomacy. Moreover, the battle left an indelible mark on the doctrine of military engagement and the understanding of asymmetric warfare. The tactics employed, the challenges encountered, and the ultimate resolution of the conflict have been studied in military academies around the world. They underscore the limits of military power in achieving political objectives and the importance of adaptability and innovation on the modern battlefield. On a more personal level, the legacy of Quito Quinaval lives on in the memories and stories of those who fought and those who were affected by the conflict. It serves as a reminder of the costs of war, the value of peace, and the resilience of the human spirit. Veterans and civilians alike carry forward the lessons of courage, sacrifice, and the relentless pursuit of justice and freedom. The lasting impact of the Battle of Quito-Quinaval extends far beyond the tactical and strategic outcomes of the conflict. It catalyzed political change, influenced the course of history in southern Africa, and contributed to the global shift towards a new world order in the post-Cold War era. 
the battle's legacy is a complex tapestry woven from the threads of military history, political transformation, and human resilience, a legacy that continues to inspire and instruct future generations. As we reflect on the Battle of Quito-Quinaval, let us remember not only the strategic maneuvers and political negotiations, but also the human stories of bravery, sacrifice, and hope. It's a powerful testament to the idea that even in the darkest of times, change is possible and peace can prevail. We'd like to thank our listeners for joining us on this historical journey. Your support means the world to us. Please rate, subscribe, and share the History AI podcast. Remember, a five-star review helps us reach more history enthusiasts like you. And don't forget to check out our merchandise. The link is in the show notes. And as a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code the History AI Podcast, all one word, at checkout. Your support allows us to continue exploring history's most fascinating moments. Got a topic suggestion? Reach out to us on social media. With nearly 200 episodes available, our podcast offers an evergreen exploration into history's most intriguing events. Until next time, this is Chuck and Marco, signing off from the History AI Podcast. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The Starting Line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.